You are now listening to the Unstucked Podcast, where we teach you actionable steps to get unstuck in your life, career, finances, and business. Here's your host, Khalil Dumas. exciting news. I built an app. I know, right? Crazy. It's called the one-on-one app where we help you become 1% better together. It's an app that helps you break down your goals, achieving your habits and incremental steps. And it helps you celebrate your progress and your momentum with streaks, check-ins, milestones. And with our multi-dimensional approach to a balanced lifestyle, we really help you become 1% better together. So go download it. It's a free app. It'll be linked below. It's only for iOS right now. We're working on getting it in Google Play. But I really believe that this is a -a one-of-a-kind mental health and wellness app that is truly groundbreaking. To give you some like perspective, it's like Noom, but for habit building. And I'm really excited to share this with you. And I'm really excited to get your feedback. So if you download it, you enjoy it, leave us a review. Thank you so much. And on to the episode. Hey, Nay, how you doing today? Thanks for coming on. I'm wonderful. Thanks for having me. I just want to jump straight in because uh, we were talking beforehand and news on the street is you quit your job two weeks ago. <laughs> yeah. Before we get into like even who you are, I want to hear about that and maybe we even tell us a little bit about you too. Yeah, uh, it's true. The rumors are true. I did leave my job <laughs> on March 31st and man, it was scary. It was It was hard because I was pretty comfortable. Like I didn't have to. And, you know, there's news of Facebook's laying off, Twitter's laying off, Google just did the layoff. And I'm like, all right, am I really about to leave the security during this time in the economy? But I was at this point in my creator journey, entrepreneur journey. This isn't the first business I've started and gone all in on, but I was just like, man, I can't do it. The energy, I don't know who's going to be listening to this. Like my there were a lot of transitions and things that happened and the way things were done that I didn't prefer. And so I was just like, you know what? This is this is my time. And even talking with the people at the company who even agreed with me, it was like, look, man, you've got something going. Uh, that was like the double affirmation to be like, yeah, even the, even the CEO was like, hey, you should leave because I don't think we have what <laughs> you need here. Love it. So tell us a little bit about what you do, what you've transitioned into. And also, like, tell me a little bit about what that past job was and can't wait to to share stories because, man, I can put myself right in your shoes. <laughs> yeah, so uh, I'm a content strategist and content creator that's blending comedy with inspiration and marketing, basically. So I help brands make their marketing more entertaining and revenue generating and try to do the same for myself. But when I'm using the entertainment, it's with a purpose. It's not just, okay... Sometimes I have a great idea that's, oh, that's really funny. But I'm like, where's the message? And then also there's the flip side where, wow, that is really impactful. But it's kind of boring. Like it kind of is lacking that story element, the thing that makes people cry, laugh, actually feel something. So I try to bridge that gap for people. So whether it's taking a book like Atomic Habits and turning it into a skit where it's like, do I give up on my dream now, my brain, my stomach? They're all telling me that I should quit and I should just eat these Oreos. But I just want to get people thinking in a in a different way. At my last job, that's kind of what I was brought in to do initially was to scale the video efforts on the brand side and the agency side. 
So I was working a lot with the agency, creating content for entrepreneurs. How do I set up Facebook ads? And getting even more complicated since they were kind of working with that brand that's 10 million to 100 million. So it was kind of getting into cross channel strategy. All right, I have a basic Facebook ad working, but what's the difference between spending 5,000 a month and 50,000 a month and $500,000 a month? How do I do that? So trying to make those ideas that are very complex, pretty simple and, and straightforward. That's amazing. And I appreciate you sharing that. And I want to take several steps back because you mentioned kind of entering entrepreneurship in a kind of fear-based environment. I'm a serial entrepreneur. Uh, when I decided to like kind of cut bait and go right into my business, it was actually three weeks before my wedding. I got laid off from Scarlet Health, which was a healthcare startup where I was the CPO there. And I remember feeling anxious at first, like I would say in the first couple hours, but like this enormous sense of relief because I realized like I'm huge about talking about finances on my channel. It's something that I always say is integral and in, in really doing your own thing. I think that's what stops everyone is financial insecurity and lack of just financial literacy, which can validate your worst fears and prevent you from getting into entrepreneurship. So I just want to say like, I totally understand that feeling, but also every unique experience is valid. And so it was great hearing that from you. When you think about now, when you step into entrepreneurship, um, and I want to talk about ads too, because I think that's a completely different ball game when you couple that with kind of just earned and owned media. And like you said, how to optimize it. The number one thing is like revenue streams. Um, and I remember <laughs> the biggest thing that I had to learn pretty quickly, but wasn't that hard was contracts and how to enter into contracts with clients and friends that had businesses <laughs> and learning creative service agreements and being an independent contractor and all that funness. Revenue streams for me really looked like retainers at first. I was on a multitude of retainers. I was doing consulting work. I was doing product advising. I was basically advising in areas where I had skill and very quickly, like I was able to like five times my monthly salary just doing that piece alone, which was I had the same reaction because I would ask and I would put these numbers out and people would be like, yes, sure. And actually like, here, take more. And I'd be like, what? <laughs> and so wow. it was kind of learning how to ask. So when you did your transition, can you talk to us a little bit? I want to get into the weeds a little bit because I think that's a piece that people don't get a full grasp on is like revenue streams first and then we'll get into just like business tactics. Because whenever I hear people, mentees, like I want to start my own business, I just go, oh, <laughs> buckle up. So do can you, you really? talk a little bit about that? <laughs> yeah, do you really? Yeah, exactly. Can you talk a little bit about that? So revenue stream wise, it was really interesting because I had skill sets. I have skill sets in Facebook ads, digital marketing. You know, that's how I got my start with my original ad agency where I was doing it for apartments, just running ads for apartments, helping them sign more leases and get leads and things like that. But I didn't like doing it. And I didn't want to set myself up now to just be running another ad agency. And I'm like, okay, so that's kind of why it took so long to get into it full time, because I didn't want to just work for myself for the sake of working for myself. I don't know if you've read the E-Myth. It's a really, really good book. Uh, and it helped me so much. E-Myth, Michael Gerber, and it's like why most small businesses fail and what to do about it. The basic concept is you 
as a technician, you aren't also an entrepreneur or a manager. Just because you know how to do the work doesn't mean you know how to run a business that does the work. And so Wait, I Wait, can you say that, that one more time? Can you say that one more time? <laughs> Just because you know how to do the work doesn't mean you know how to run a business that uh, does right the work. Right there. That's it. That's it. <laughs> That's it. That's like the hugest misconception. Keep going. I love that though. Yeah. And so I was like, all right, I already knew from the previous experience, I would have to be doing sales. I'd have to be doing contracts. Am I going to do all of that work for an ad agency? Like, I don't want an ad agency. So I was like, okay. I would be willing to do that, though, for brand deals, for UGC, for content creation, making marketing entertaining. And I have a track record. I have reviews. I have testimonies. So with that mindset, while I was still working and doing my five to nine, you could say, creating uh, content for brands, I was collecting testimonies. I was collecting, got the little landing page ready. I knew what the offers were going to be. And I was generating a little bit of revenue. And then once it past that threshold, I got like a $5,000 brand deal with a brand that I really liked. And I was like, you know what? <laughs> I think that gives me enough runway along with YouTube AdSense and like the Instagram Reels bonus when that was still happening to then go, if I could get, you know, a few more of those working full-time as opposed to just four hours, 10 hours a week. If I was doing 40 to 60 hours a week, I think I could hit the mark. That's amazing. And I think that's, I really appreciate the transparency because I think that is ultimately what's missing from that equation is the like, how, you know, a big reason why I created the Unstucked platform is like, we only really see once people have made it, we don't ever get to really hear about the infancies and the struggles and the like strategy that goes into it. The point that I made you say twice, where just because you know how to maybe do a part of the business is what I say, doesn't mean you know how to run the full business. And a huge piece that I've talked about a lot is delegation. It's something that I'm stepping fully into. I just hired my executive assistant. I have a PR team. You know, I have a video editor and like my payroll, you know, while it's not anything crazy, it's around 45 to 5,000 a month is like crazy awesome. to me. <laughs> but it hurts sometimes every time that gusto, you know, releases because, yeah. you know, I'm making 25000 a month. So, you know, that is a fifth of my income, you know, gone. But it's to hopefully for the long term grow that. And to, like you said, for me to focus on talking to brands, you know, talking to people like yourself, growing my knowledge. Ads is actually, I, this, I love how the universe works sometimes. Like ads is like the thing that I'm like fully in right now. And so uh, I'm really excited. I, I mentioned before to like get into it after the fact, but delegation has been huge. I mean, at one point I was recording these podcasts. I was, you know, delivering what I needed to deliver on those retainers. I was responding to emails. I was posting on all my social media channels. I was networking. And then I turn around and I'm like, why can't I get through this task list? Why do I feel so burnt out? Why does my you know, list of to-dos just never ending? And I was like, this isn't sustainable and I can't do this in the long term. So that's why I bit the bullet. Have you thought about that and how have you started to approach some of that delegation? Because I know that that's like going to be kind of a focus here if it already isn't. Yeah, I guess uh, a question I would flip back to you that kind of shares my answer is, how do you feel doing the podcast now with a team and support as opposed to when it was just you? <laughs> you know, I get to show up and just do the podcast. Once it's recorded, I don't have to go and drag and drop and email my editor and listen for sound bites for social media and email the guest thank you with the assets. You know, like 
I feel so much better. I feel like even being prepared for the podcast, doing kind of that background research I can do now a little bit. But even then, I have someone that gives me a one-pager, which has been wonderful and allows me to just, again, fully be here. So even outside of the podcast, I just feel energized. Um, yes. It's not always perfect. I still struggle. My assistant always has like, let me handle it. Like, just because I'm not doing it in your time frame, like, let me handle it. So yeah, that, that it's still it's still Snaps. a nonlinear Snaps. Path. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. I see it as now it's kind of weird. I don't know if you've had this experience, but I used to think what gives me the right to be the boss or something, right? What gives me the right to tell this person who, you know, I think is also very intelligent what to do. And I always struggled with that. And now I kind of learned from this uh, leadership thing I was in, empowerment. Like I'm empowering someone to do what they're good at. I'm empowering my little sister to make more money than she could as a 15-year-old working at like McDonald's. Um, Wait, pause. What is your little sister doing? I want to hear about that a little bit too. Yeah. So right now she applies for brand deals on like some of the different platforms. And then she also post uh like when i make a video she'll post it on all the platforms like i wasn't posting on snapchat pinterest facebook reels there's so many so she she takes care of that and and puts us everywhere good for you that's so cool like wow what a like that's some of the beauty that i wanted to like underscore is like in this journey there are things that happen that are like just priceless you know they just give you this sense of joy energy and purpose which is just something that i feel like corporate really deprives me because they have to if they empower you too much you leave (laughs) like that's against their bottom line at the end of the day so i wanted to like really underscore that because i think that's a super important point yes yes and i think to your point too it made me there's the um what's the book steal like an artist and one of the parts is like build the business that you would want to have and you would want to work at and profit sharing was such a big thing. So my wife is a media buyer and she's working at an ad agency now and they do profit sharing and they have values like create a win-win. And I'm like, these are things that I personally resonate with. And so when I am getting to that point where, you know, now just working with contractors, but if I want to get to that point of hiring full-time again, then it's like, all right, I want to make sure here are the benefits that you get from working here. Maybe they're not... You know, you're getting the 401k right out the gate because it's only two <laughs> people, but you're getting these things that I personally think are important. And I think that just helps with the guilt. I don't feel as bad because I'm like, hey, I'm giving this person a really great opportunity. I'm so happy you said that because one of my benefits is wine tasting quarterly because <laughs> wow. a couple of my staff members like live here. So like, I know it's not like a you know, again, like a 401k, but I definitely give them like free, you know, financial advising. My audience knows this, but before in many lives ago, I actually wanted to be a financial advisor. So I went through all this testing, got to the test and decided to just leave the room. So that I didn't want to make rich people richer. I wanted to like just spread the education for free once I'd like drudged through all these books. But that's such a important thing. And I think, you know, I'm a CPO for her first 100K and we're a group of contractors, but we're actually going through a W2 transition. And when I tell you, it's a lot. It's a lot. That's exciting. Um, yeah, it's very exciting. But at the same time, it's very scary. Yeah. Because um, there's just so much uh, at the end of the day. But again, it goes back to your team. You use the word empower. And it's actually something that 
I've grappled with because like people have that power. They just don't know how to use it. And like I was in the same boat. Like I just I had all this power. I had was responsible for scaling startups. I just didn't know how to like communicate my value, communicate my power. I didn't know how to do that. And like unfortunately in this capitalistic society, it's via contracts. Like that's how you communicate your value. <laughs> and I think that's not taught in school. So like my mentees even, we talk about contracts and they're always like, oh, this is so boring. I'm like, you're going to thank me one day because I didn't learn about contracts when I was like 25. So wow. yeah, that's a huge one. One thing too that I really love about what you're doing and the, the mission of empowering people with financial knowledge is we need more good, kind-hearted people who think money is like, ew, icky, to actually have money and have power and have influence and understand at least how it works. At least understand how it works, even if you're like, I'm okay, just whatever. And I think one thing for me is at my last company, Common Thread Collective, we have a podcast, e-commerce playbook podcast, and it was generating no revenue when I started. And by the time I left, it was generating about, 10,000 a month across our like sponsorship side. And so I originally was getting no piece of that. I got no raise. I got I got nothing um, because the company was in a tight financial position. But once I talked with the CEO, he's like, dude, if you're bringing us more money, I have no problem giving you a piece of that money because I, I understand how it works. So he, he was like, boom, this guy, give him this percentage of the money coming in from that. Boom, done. And so just because I understood how it works, I'm like, I'm an entrepreneur. If I'm bringing more revenue, I don't need a raise. I just want a piece of what I'm bringing in. So you have more leverage with that knowledge, I think, that you're sharing. No, it's it's so true. And um, I was actually before this on a call talking about an angle that I'm working on, which is my last startup. I came in at year two. And the articles about how you can enter startups, provide value and get equity. You don't have to like be the one who comes up with the idea. You just have to be the one to make them money and be able to articulate that via contract. And so um, <laughs> that's one of the things that we we spoke about was like I created this reporting methodology that I started at Nike. The startup was entrenched at Nike. And I basically went to the CEO and was like, hey, I can pull this reporting methodology out of Nike and sell it to your enterprise. And so like at the time, I didn't know the contracts. I didn't know any of that. But I had people in that company that respected me and, and I trusted and they showed me the game basically. So now I feel like it's up to me to give the game out. And I think that's a huge thing. Even in the black entrepreneurial circle that I've seen is like this lack of knowledge of contracts. Cause I'll just be very frank. It's a very prominent thing in, in white entrepreneurship. The system was built for them. So I noticed that that's just some, a big gap that you just don't ever learn in school. You don't, learn if it's not in your culture or in your family, which it wasn't in mine for a very long time. So um, yeah, I, I'm really excited to to continue to see your path because I know and I can see you see it. And that's really cool. Thank you. Ads, 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 ads. And I want to like talk a little bit about like the content creation piece too, because I think that a lot of my listeners are aspiring content creators. And I know that they're also creatives. So being a creative... I purely focused on the output of what I was creating, not the systems that I was putting that creation into. So like ads, for example, was something that it's not just about running a really great piece of content. It's about the funnel you build. It's about the user experience. It's about SEO and website optimization. So talk to us about like how you approach ads, like 
maybe some of the the cooler things that you've maybe learned. Um, I just want to kind of pick your brain a little bit because I know that this is kind of a black box for a lot of people. But once you find those systems, it's such an unlock. Yeah. And who would I be speaking to in this context? Like the creator side or the entrepreneur just getting started up? Yeah, I would say the the creator side and that entrepreneur, I think they kind of go hand in hand. Like, yeah. unfortunately today, like you can create a piece of content on TikTok and gets no views, it gets right, or or you become a viral sensation. And now you need to grow that audience out and you need to get more people in your ecosystem. So just talk to us about like, if I'm like, talk to me like I'm five, like, I don't know what ads are, like, like, what are they? And like, how can they help me? Yeah. So I think first off, it's acknowledging why Facebook, Google, why they have so much money. And it's not because the search engine is like, you know, just really cute and they sell a subscription to G Suite <laughs> for $5 a month. Yeah. It's because they're selling data. They're selling access. They have a very big audience and they sell access to that audience. And it's a whole nother game. Like coming into it thinking, um, oh, okay, I'm going to boost the post. That's what it used to be. Like I'm going to boost this post for $5 and we're going to change the world. It's like, no, you need to get a meta suite get in the business manager. Uh, you need to get into a Google ad account. So just being open-minded and willing to have that learner's mindset, because I know a lot of younger people have understood TikTok, Instagram, YouTube natively. Like, oh, okay, I get it. I need a good thumbnail, et cetera. But the ad platform is just so different. And so my approach is first looking at like problems, problem solution framework. So what problems are we having? What are people complaining about and then making sure, what do people leave reviews? Why did they sign up? Why did they listen to the podcast? Why did they? Uh, why do they love the Her First 100K pod? Uh, what do they say on TikTok? And then we take that as the hook, the angle that we put into the ad. And so it's really three levels. It's like the targeting, the ad creative, and then also like the structure, like the campaign. So I don't want to get too detailed, but you want to make sure that as a creator, you already have an audience that you can tap into through ads. Because whenever someone likes a post of yours on Instagram, their data is like saved to your profile as an engager. So when you go into Facebook ads, you can say, I want to target people who have engaged with my profile in the last 90 days. And now you just run ads to those people who already know who you are and have seen your content. So there's little things like that, that once you go down the rabbit hole and you understand, then based on the situation, based on the history, it's the same with web traffic. Like if someone has a lot of web traffic, they can do the same thing. So it's kind of leveraging those things that people already have to work. And um, if they're starting from scratch, just stay broad and create great creative and create great content that has a strong CTA, then pivot Test track tweak. Yeah. I, I don't want to go too deep. There's a lot no, you can do, no. but <laughs> no, I love this. But this is great because you you nailed it on the head. And it's something that I experience a lot is people just like, I'm boosting my posts. And I just see a lot of young entrepreneurs blowing cash that way more than I think I recognized at first because it's really easy to especially on TikTok. They make it, they gamified it with like coins. Like they make it seem so easy to do. And so <laughs> I just wanted your perspective just to kind of show people like, hey, it's a little bit of an art and 
you really only are getting into ads if you have something that's established, like you like you were kind of alluding to. Um, and so I just wanted to stop there because I don't have a lot of people that like are as knowledgeable as you on the ad front. And so I wanted to take that opportunity just to give them that side note. If I can throw in one more thing, I, I would get in so much trouble if I didn't say this. It's about reverse engineering the goal for the business. So we always make sure we start because it's like, okay, I want a Facebook ad. I want to uh, put me on YouTube, you know? <laughs> um, I need to get the word <laughs> yeah. out there. But then it's like, wait, uh, what's the goal? It's like, oh, well, we need more leads. We need more sales to this product. Okay, how much is the product? Uh, it's $500. Okay, how much are you willing to spend to acquire a purchaser? Uh, what do you mean? Like of that 500, are you willing to spend 250? So you profit 250 off of the ad spend? So it's about looking at that side as well. And when you talk about finances, right? So people say, oh, I got a 2X ROAS. But turns out I was spending $50 to acquire someone on a $100 product, but my costs are already $50. So I'm actually losing, I'm like breaking even or I'm losing money on every transaction. So take time to look at how much can you afford to actually spend per purchase. And then that can be your target of, I need a cost per purchase of this much and then you work with the creative, the targeting, et cetera, to get that target. Yeah. ROAS, CAC, LVT, or CAC <laughs> to LVT ratio, like three great terms to look up and start there. But I really appreciate that reverse engineering because that's super important and I think is a, is a great strategy. We started to allude on it and, and you started, you know, and I've looked at like Speak Light TV and I see like the mission of creating skits with a purpose. I just want to start to get into like, where do you see this going for yourself? I know that like for me, it's even hard to look six months into the future, but I want to start to learn a little bit more. Like, how can my audience help you? Like, where are you trying to build toward? Just talk about your ecosystem. I know it's fresh, like it's been two weeks, so I know I need to chill <laughs> a little bit, but I just want to start to hear like where you're headed. And I think this will help a lot of people because it's, again, very rare that I get someone in your position where like, the world is yours. It always has been. But like in this moment, it probably feels even more so. Probably a little overwhelming. But there's probably a lot of excitement around it. So I want to kind of pick your brain a little bit about like where you're looking, what you're trying to work and build on. Yeah. The mission is clear. And how it comes to fruition has always been like, oh, is it is it comedy? Is it, you know, poetry? Is it music? That element has always been kind of experimenting, but the mission of bridging the gap between entertainment and education. Gamification is a big part of it. Storytelling, people learn through stories, things like vocabulary, uh, Duolingo, things that have really made it easy to learn while having fun. And it sounds so cheesy, but... No, but it's true. <laughs> no, I hear you. It's like the most cliche things you start as you get older, you're like, wait, that's actually true. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And so right now in the immediate, it's creating more stories, basically being able to take like financial, anything related to personal growth uh, and even entrepreneurship and package it in an entertaining way and doing more series. So I'm introducing characters like Woke Willie, who always has a message, Fearful Frank. He's scared. He's scared to start his business. He's scared to go up to the girl and tell him that he likes her. He's scared. Um, so creating characters that people can fall in love with over and over throughout these skits and things like that and doing more long form. And then in terms of like monetization, revenue streams, right? Still doing a lot of brand deals right now. I have some really cool ones coming up that I'm super excited for. 
but then getting into scalable opportunities, right? Because you, you're like, okay, you can only do so many brand deals and right? you're, you're crossing <laughs> your fingers like, okay, it's you. This- it's all you. It comes back yes. to you. Yeah, absolutely. Yes. Hopefully this next one comes through next month. I need another one. I've been looking at things like, all right, what are some problems that my audience is struggling with? What are people consistently asking me about? How do you make these skits? How do you have different characters? Things like that. And what would be on brand? Like, I'm not just going to create another course. Like, I, if, if it's going to be, I have to do it in the bridge that gap between entertainment and education. So um, there's been like the gamification that I'm doing with a Discord space called Creator Quest. So helping creators create using gamification, um, helping them stay consistent. So not sure what that next evolution will be like. Like if I do a merch drop or whatever it is, I'm working with my friend Leon. He he always makes me stay patient and do it the right way. So I'll do something that, that aligns with the mission. I love that. And you started to hint toward it. And I think I'll weave a couple of things in. A big thing my audience asks about, and it's something that I personally still struggle with and I'm getting better at every day. But, you know, obviously the unstuck name is a reason it's unstuck with my initials because, like, I'm the king of getting stuck and writing the ledger and overthinking. And I wanted to really drive a platform forward that does that. And the biggest place where I've heard people struggle is just in the realm of personal development, even in and outside of entrepreneurship, but primarily staying disciplined and consistent. That's where people go wrong, I think, most of the time is that internal dialogue's too harsh, so they don't stay consistent. Their understanding of discipline and consistent means every day when it doesn't have to be. Talk about maybe some of the things that in the personal development world that you do really well. And then what are some of the things that you're working on and maybe are struggling with right now? Yeah, you saying that got me a little emotional. I'm not going to lie, because over the last like 10 years, I've been one of the most inconsistent like people I know, like especially with something that had so much opportunity to it, like videos, like have videos doing great. And then like, oh, I don't feel like doing it anymore. Doing really great with something. And then, oh, I don't feel like it today. And then just stop doing it for like four months. It wasn't until I got really, um, I let go of the outcome. So I think that was the initial thing that helped me get here is my original goal was like, okay, TikTok, all these things. I've been making videos for years in school, middle school, making skits with my friends just for fun. Never took it seriously. But then TikTok came along. I was like, maybe I could do this. Like, I see people blowing up and I'm like, maybe I could actually do this. My wife, girlfriend at the time was like, you don't have to wait until you sell your business for a million dollars to start creating content. So I was like, okay, okay. My goal is I'm going to hit 10K followers. I'm going to get the creator fun and I'm going to... I'm going to hit it big. Posted my first video and got 20 views. I was like, fuck this. You know? <laughs> I was like, I'm I can done. So, I can so relate. My first TikTok was two minutes and it was, and it wasn't even, dude, oh my God. It was horizontal. Like oh, it wasn't. Man. Oh, you're, you're a whole different vibe. Whole different tribe for that one. Like I had no idea what I was doing. But it, it started with that first intention, but I know that feeling. But I think to your point, I think the biggest thing that I did well, what I didn't realize was I put a time limit on it. So I'm going to do this for mm. three years. Mm. And that I think yes. in a sense, let go of the outcome. Now yes. I'm pushing, this is my first year now. So I, I, when you said let go of the outcome, I was like, oh, that's so hard as a type A, like Enneagram eight, like it's so hard to, to let go. But that's, that is, that's a word, let go of the outcome. 
Yes, yes. And so when I I learned it uh, partially from like Ali Abdal, uh, I went through like a part-time YouTuber academy, which was really good. And uh, it was like, just post one video for a week, for a year and see where you end up. And I was like, okay, I'm doing short form. These aren't long form. Let me do three videos a week for a year and just see where I end up. And I'll focus on getting better each time because I was miserable, man. I, I was I was like 10K, like, why am I not getting more views? Why am I not? Maybe this is, every video was like a letdown. And once I started falling in love with the process, I was just making edits. I was making little trends and dances, even doing the renegade, like doing all types of stuff. And um, <laughs> yes, the renegade, shout out renegade. Yes, yes. And so That's awesome. I, I was just fooling around and I made a skit. Uh, it was Biden Trump election. And um, I had a skit where a guy had a red hat on and he was like, hey, who'd you vote for? And then a guy had a blue hat on and he's like, yeah, who'd you vote for? And then it was me. Uh, I was just like, uh, you know, and then I ate a Lifesavers and uh, I was just like, and they were both like, good choice, real good choice. (laughs) And um, that's amazing. (laughs) Yeah, it got like 16,000 views. I thought I, I, bro, I thought I was set for life. So then from that, I was like, okay, let me keep trying to make these little skits and comedy and yeah. And that that's kind of how I ended up here. <laughs> you know, what's so funny about that video, which made me think was like, not only <laughs> the current political landscape, just like humans in general view life as like a sports team and they, but they also kind of hear what they want to hear. My first viral video did like 400,000 views. And the start of the video was life has no purpose. And that was what everyone just went off like in the comments like they all gave their opinion and the second line was life has no purpose it's up to you to define your purpose that right there like really taught me the landscape of content where it's like you have to also take into account that people are gonna hear and interpret what they want they're not always gonna like read into what you intended so that you know that like republican first democrat and like the the like non-answer they like filled in the blank for you and i that's kind of like the secret sauce of content that is awesome but also so fucking frustrating because like you'll put all this thought and time and structure into it and i've learned that like most of the content where I'm like, eh, this isn't going to, like, whatever. That's the content that blows up. And I'm always like, God, like, ugh, if I could just replicate this. So I, I appreciate that that take too. Yeah. And just to answer your original question, just to bring it full circle, I did struggle with consistency. Uh, the whole point of that was to say I wasn't consistent. And uh, I think I've done a good job letting go of the outcome. But something I'm struggling with today is believing in myself. And being willing to acknowledge that, okay, I have skills. I know something. (laughs) I can sell. You know a lot of things. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. So it's, it's, it's hard. It's, it's hard. That's something I'm, I'm still imposter syndrome, all that stuff. Like, okay, I hit a hundred thousand subscribers, but I did it with YouTube shorts. I didn't do it with the long form. Yeah. I had like I worked with IMDB and Hootsuite and a Business Insider article and things like that, but it it wasn't, uh, it's on the paid plan to read it. So it's not like, you know, it's just like random stuff like that. So it's what I called writing the ledger. You just like, can, and, and also that sounds like moving the goalposts. Like you like, I'm going to hit this goal. And then you're like, you move it again, you move it again. The believing in yourself is something that I hear time and time again. It's something that, oh, I struggle with it so much. 
But the biggest thing that I always come back to and a, a coach of mine always said that is like, like there's so many people on earth who believe in themselves and they don't believe in themselves. But at the end of the day, the number one thing you have to do every day is believe in yourself. Because if you don't believe in yourself, how do you expect a stranger who knows nothing about you to do so? The fun part is there are going to be people who believe in you even who don't know you. And there are going to be people who don't like you who don't know you. So what side of the coin are you going to add to, right? Are you going to be on the side of the people who don't like you and don't know you? Or are you going to be on the side of the people who believe in you? That's always been, you know, it's something that doesn't always help. I find that when I don't believe in myself, I'm putting value in things I don't have control over. And I'm putting that toward my self-worth and that belief in myself. So like the algorithm, content success, like we have control to a degree, but at the end of the day, we have no control. I've worked with creators who are the it girl or guy, and all of a sudden the next year they're not. And it wasn't because their content's not good. It wasn't because they weren't doing their business right. It was just because like they're, and we're all still building on this borrowed land. So to derive your value and your worth from that, is a losing game. So I love deriving and continue to derive my value on how I want to wake up and feel every day because to a degree I do and don't have control over that. My relationship with my family and my friends, again, to a degree I have control and don't have control of that. So I always, and I see this paradox, it's this continual griping of this ever-changing environment. And I think the biggest thing, if you're going to be delusional about anything, it's being delusional that you can do anything. That's been something that's been super helpful and motivating, but it's not perfect. You know, some days I shut down and like do nothing and question everything. And other days I have a great team and they'll say something or we'll have a meeting and I just feel like I can take on anything. So if anything, it's just longevity and consistency and realizing that like consistency is not every day. And that's, that was a huge unlock for me years ago was I thought being consistent meant I'm doing it every single day. And having this team just being where I'm at now, it's like consistency is three times a week. Like that is consistent. Consistency, when I first started making videos, was one time a week. That was consistency to me. So it's really defining that. It's creating goals and writing them down so that you have something to check off. It's celebrating big and little wins. If you learn how to do that consistently, let me know. As much as I love to give direction and I'm very honest with my audience, I give what works for me at times, but I wish it was consistent all the time. I wish I always felt this way and that's just not the case. That's the human plight. Um, and that yes. was make, that's what makes it fun. That's what makes it interesting, yeah. right? <laughs> yeah. It's even that whole thing of um, how soon do you get back up? It's just not if you go down, but... When do you get back up? Even in, I, I know that was a thing in like relationship health. Like it's not about how many arguments they had, but it was how soon were they back to neutral? And that's really interesting. And I think that's, this is one of the good place to to start to wrap up. But it's like, I was got married six months ago. And I honestly, my love for my wife is I think a huge, was a huge growth point for me. Because it's one of those things that you learn to do unconditionally. And if you can apply that unconditionalness to your passion or to whatever mission you're out for, you can't help but be successful because you've already made it. And I think that's was such a huge lesson for me is like, no matter what happens in my relationship, like the option to leave is not a thing. And it's because I love this person unconditionally. And that's something that I could talk about that for hours. But I'm, that was also another small thing that I've noticed has been really, really helpful is that unconditional love that I received from her too. It's 
really allowed me to go into the world with a little less fear and, you know, braving that unknown a little bit easier. And, and, and her, my puppies, my best friends, they're always there to pick me up when I'm down. So also nurture those circles too. I love that. Nay, this has been a wonderful conversation. I really appreciate you. Um, all your links will be below so our community can connect. Uh, but I wish you the best of luck. And I'm really excited. I feel like this is a start of a friendship and a, hopefully Definitely. a business relationship because I want to pick your brain. Like I want, I, want, I want to learn more from you. So likewise. Yeah, thank you. Thank you for listening to the Unstucked podcast. Visit us at unstucked.com and follow us on TikTok at Unstucked.